Before you begin this episode of Cool Tools, I want to apologize for the quality of the audio, which is not up to our usual standards. Um, for some reason, our guest had problems with the microphone, and I did not stop it to fix it. And I um, regret doing so because I think as it went along, it became um, difficult to hear. It was cl being clipped every now and then and more often as we went along. I think you can understand most of it, but there will be times when you don't. And that's not you. It's our fault. And we were able to correct it at the very, very end. Um, and it won't happen again. But anyway, just be forewarned, if you are hard of hearing, I'm not listening on anything but a hi-fi, you may have some difficulty with this one. So um, I am sorry. But hope you enjoyed anyway. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Tom Robertson. Hey, Tom, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah. Hey, I'm Tom Robertson. I live in uh, Toronto, Canada. I work, uh, I work in IT for a company called FreshBooks that's actually founded in Toronto, Canada as well. And uh, I love tools and nerding out on stuff. Well, um, you're really welcome here. Thank you for volunteering. I'm really looking forward to what you have for us. So, so Tom, what's the first tool in your toolkit? This is a Ryobi inflator. It's a very Ryobi style, if you're familiar with the product. Um, it's, uh, it's a sort of neon yellow gray color scheme I, I, you know, I would honestly describe it as like a retro uh 50s sci-fi laser <laughs> to look at it with maybe a little uh beak on top that you can you know it looks it looks more like laser gun i think if you do it that way or okay. more like a little drip. all right so it's kind of a handle on top of a, a battery tool battery and there's yeah. a, little, a little spout as well yeah so what it is, it's, I mean, it is what it is. It's an inflator. Um, what I really like about it is I, I think I'd seen these tools before camping. Um, and a lot of people, I think, who go camping, you know, they an air mattress. And I, a lot of people tend to get the ones that plug into their, their car, you know, the little like, circular car power port or whatever. Um, and then the cords aren't very long, so they've got a. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but people put their air mattresses on top of their car, and so that they can power their little inflator to inflate the air mattress. I was like, there's got to be a better way. So I, I have a lot of really tools. I've got the drill. I've got a bunch of other stuff. And I saw this, and I was just like, this is perfect. Um, so what it lets you do is basically, like, I, I use a lot for camping, so you can inflate an air mattress super quick. Um, the nice thing too is if you move this little spout to the top, it deflates it. Um, pretty straightforward, but I just love this thing so much. And I I also like that because it's a Ryobi system, I've got the Ryobi flashlight. So you know, going camping, I bring that. I can swap them in. And the battery, I don't know. Last I I haven't even tested how many times I can inflate and deflate your mattress, but it's got to be greater than because they've done it least that much. Right. Yeah, and if you have the Ryobi system, you're, you're just temporarily putting the battery on, and you certainly won't 
expend it on a camping trip. It's interesting that it has a deflator as well. So I guess the idea is this sucks the air out and deflates very, very fast. Yeah, it's a lot faster than trying to roll it up and roll right. all the air out. The other thing, actually, the other cool thing I really like is it's got um, a little attachment you can put on the spout. And this is really great for those inflatable uh, pool toys that my kids love. Um, so this lets you, it fits perfectly in those nozzles. And this saves me the, you know, the agony of having to manually inflate them right. <laughs> all the time. So I can just, you know, bring this up and, on the beach trips right. and then this goes in here and it's you know, a couple of minutes it's done. And then again, same thing for deflating, just super handy. So does it have a, does it have a bicycle um, uh, attachment? Could, could you inflate the tires with bicycles? This one does not. Um, there is a, there is actually a Ryobi system. And to be honest, I kind of regret not doing this one, to be honest, but Ryobi makes a kind of more advanced inflator that does have an attachment for bikes and for soccer balls, basketballs and that kind of thing. And that one, I, I, I kind of have my eye on it, to be honest, because you can actually, it has a little digital um, pressure setter. So with that one, it's kind of cool because you can actually say, you know, what are bike tires? Like 80 PSI. You just set it to 80 and you turn it on, it will just go until it hits 80 and right. stops. So that might be just on And the thing about, you know, inflating tires is that your your automobile tires are actually very low. They're only like th- less than 40 usually. You yeah. should have no problem inflating car tires which would make it even handier if that was um True, especially yeah if you could put it on the camping trip and the, right. in the trunk use it in a pinch yeah yeah um yeah it surprises i bet you you might be able to find a third party attachment to the one that you have to at least it's true um, actually yeah inflate tires yeah i wonder if i could or i wonder if i could even redeem something yeah an adapter. I would, I, would, I would think um, somewhere there would be some files somewhere to make something to attach to the hose. I mean, what, what could it be? You, you, you just attach a little hose that had the tire valve on it. And yeah, even if I take an old bike right. and pump, bike pump apart. And, yeah, well, I think I've got my new, uh, my new project. Okay, I would be dumbfounded if somebody on YouTube hasn't already done that, but um, yeah, I I actually wouldn't be surprised if there's a whole YouTube channel about this inflator, which I'm all probably <laughs> okay. again that's the Roby inflator, and it kind of goes for about uh, I'm not sure. It doesn't say uh, how oh, much. I, so I'll say it in Canadian, um, just because that's what I know. I got it. It was about forty bucks Canadian, so maybe okay. like twenty five US. Yeah. Um, there's sales all the time too. Sometimes it's cheaper. Yeah. So the um, Ryobi eighteen volt high volume power inflator. That's the tool only. It's not the battery. It is the tool only. Yeah, right. and they're ex- they're exclusively at Home Depot. That's the Rio. The Riobi is the sort of Home Depot brand. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, it's interesting. Um, so, okay, so Tom, wh- what's a uh, second tool in your tool chest? Okay, so I had to go a little bit unconventional and maybe a weird place for this, but partially because I I want to enjoy it as well. <laughs> so, 
The second, I'm, losing, I'm using the, tool, to, the term tool liberally here, but this is called uh, Partake. So it's a non-alcoholic IPA. So um, I'm, a, you know, I'm a bit of a beer snob, and I we like a lot of the, you know, Toronto has a lot of good, and Ontario has a lot of good craft breweries. Um, it, previously in the past, you know, you might have seen the non-alcoholic beers that are like the I don't know. I think Bex had them, and you know they're they're terrible. <laughs> and so, in the past few years, a few of these. So, Partake is, I think, maybe had started this trend. Um, they're sort of a craft, non-alcoholic beer. They've got I like IPAs, so I get their IPA. Um, but it's actually like a really good non-alcoholic IPA, um, and I think it's a super cool tool because it lets me. You know, I, I don't. I still do drink alcoholic beer, but. Um, I like it as a little hack for say when, you know, if we're having friends over, I do a regular poker night with my friends where I'll maybe have a couple beers, but at the age that I'm at, if I have more than two beers, I just feel terrible afterwards, but I still like drinking beer. So it's a nice way to be like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll have a couple beers and I'll switch to the non-alcoholic one and I won't you know, fall asleep or feel terrible the next day. Yeah. Um, and I've even replaced a lot of times, you know, we'll just, we were in the, the habit of having a beer and night with my, uh, with my wife and watching a, a television program. And now a lot of times we just have one of these and it's, it kind of just hits the spot in the same kind of way, but we don't, you know, less, it's only 10 calories for these two, which is really nice. And you don't feel crappy afterward. Yeah. So um, partake, um, is that available in the U.S.? Do you know? I... I'm not sure, to be honest. Well, I mean, I'm just wondering where you would get it. Do they sell it online? Um, I, I can't, I don't know if how that would work. So they, but... they do sell it online. So they do have a U.S. site. I think they're a Canadian company, but I think they do. If you go to drinkpartake.com, uh, they do do shipping. So I, I think you, I think they do do shipping to the U.S., um, there's a few that I know are U.S. There's one in the U.S. called Athletic Brewing Company um, that does some some nice ones as well, and they definitely okay. sell. Have you ever had the Asahi um, Japanese version of the non-alcoholic beer? No, I haven't tried that. I'm not a beer snob. I don't know, but it's very popular <laughs> in Japan, and um, it's widely available in Japan as well, too. I mean, it's to the point where if they sell beer, they sell Asahi alcoholist beer. So you, if you have a chance, you might. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. They're, they're starting to do it more at the bars here than non-alcoholic beer. And so it's nice having it as an option. You know, if you're out as well. You can... Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, it's a good one. Yeah. We haven't had that. And I, uh, I think I appreciate that. So thanks for suggesting. So, yes. um, so Tom, what's um, another tool in your tool chest? Uh, okay, so next I'm going to talk about my kind of a boring one to be honest, but I love it. It's um, put it in front of my face. So it's an Anchor USB charger, mm -hmm. and this one is 140 watts, um, which is pretty high power. Like that's about previously I had the you know the big. 16 inch macbook yeah that has, that comes with that brick that's like that size the charging right. <laughs> so this this can charge that 
um, just as quick as the other one, but it's much smaller. Yeah. Uh, and it's got the two USB-C ports on it and USB-A. So yeah. it's just, I love it because it's just the one. I keep this and a couple of USB-C and a lightning cable in my bag pretty much all the time. So it's just one of those things that's always there. I can always quickly charge up, whether it's my laptop or right. my phone or my watch or whatever from it. Yep. And, and uh, the way things are going now, the, the USB-C is going to become the standard. Um, so no extra cables will be needed for anything. Yeah. Um, there are also, I, I will let listeners know that there are, there's another version that has four um, four slots, four, four different ports um, in case you're traveling with a partner or a family or something, or you have a lot of gear. Yeah. Um, I, I previously, I actually, it's not an anchor one. I have a, a Ugreen for USB-C port uh, as well. And I keep that, it's a little bit lower power, but I keep that on my desk as like, right. like just charge yeah. anything on the station. Yeah. The other this, thing I, oh, sorry. No, no, I was saying this isn't, the anchor also, I mean, anchor itself has a, has a four port. Yeah, one. they do have a four, a four port one as well. And it's, yeah. But the problem with that one, it's heavy enough that actually requires a little octopus collar to I, keep it stuck to the wall because it... Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to show that. It's honestly one of my favorite... I, I didn't even know... They don't advertise this on... Yeah. They don't show a picture of it. I was like, what is this? But I actually thought it was so clever because even before chargers like this, you know you're in a hotel or an old house and sometimes they're just they're falling out. So I love that I can and stick that on and it just sucks to the to the outlet plate and sticks right. on there. And what you're describing is a little rectangular collar that fits around the base of the yes. of the charger where it fits onto the outlet and it's there to maintain its contact with the outlet so it doesn't pull away from the weight of the charger. Yeah, it's sort of a collar with about 20 little tiny suction cups all around it. Right. It is very clever. And, and they do come with them and they don't say that on the website. Um, yeah. So the anchor seemed to be pretty reliable and um, very condensed. And you can get other, you can get a version with this one slot, two, three, yes. four. So you can kind of choose depending on what your expected uses are. Yeah. The anchor, I have a bunch of the anchor stuff and it's really, it's really well made. I'm really good bang for your buck, I find. Yeah. Those. It's one of those Chinese generic things decided to become serious and kind of really lean into making quality stuff and trying to get a brand. I think I, the funny thing is, I think it was, it's actually a California based company, but I think they, they worked with a, like it's all made in China, but they worked exclusively with the Chinese manufacturer and they, you know, it's a little Apple like where they they design it to an exact specifications. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong on that, but I think technically the founders are based in, in California. That's very possible. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, so Tom, what's, what's your fourth pick for the cool tools? Okay. So the fourth one, I'm going to share screen here and I'll, I'll describe it. Um, for listeners, because there's a little bit of a story behind it. Um, so you're showing a picture of what looks like a mini size TV screen. I can't tell the scale, um, but there's a screen and it has 
maybe weather on it. Um, but how, how big is this? Uh, it, it's about, I should know the measurements because I made the box. It's about, I'd say a foot wide by about eight inches tall. Okay. Um, you can see the bezel around it. It's uh, it it's this gray sort of plastic bezel on top of the screen, um, and it's meant to look like it's it's one of those bezels that might look you might see on an old fifties or sixties TV, the way it's it's kind of curved. Um, that I designed a little logo <laughs> for the bottom. Tomertron is my sort of online handle that I've used for okay, years. Okay, so, so so this is something you printed out yourself. So yeah, so I should say this this isn't necessarily the tool that I want to talk about. The tool was is part of the project, so I just have to kind of tee up a why uh, tee up the tool here a little bit with the the project. So I, I did actually uh, I three D printed the bezel. And the little um, the little stand at the bottom, and I I carpentered the box. The screen is sort of a generic uh, HDMI screen that I that bought in there. And so what it's actually powered by is inside that box is a Raspberry Pi. Uh, I think it's a Raspberry Pi three, uh, which is not the cool tool. I'm not there yet, <laughs> but the the Raspberry Pi is. Uh, powering a piece of software called Dackboard, and that that's spelled D-A-K-B-O-A-R-D. Um, so Dackboard is the software that lets you make the make the little display board. Basically, it's non. So Dackboard is actually an online service. Online um, service. Okay. There's this Dackboard which you used to make a project, and the project is maybe it's like the weather display or something, and you 3D printed and made a case out of it. But the DAC yeah. board is the tool. It's an online service. It's not a board. It's a service. It's yeah. So it's a service that that powers the display, basically. Yeah. Okay. So you say powers and, the display. What, what what does that mean? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I should be more specific. So it. So what it is is basically you sign up on your website, you create an account, and then you can design what you want your dashboard to look like. So it, in my case, I said, okay, I want to have a weather widget. Um, I want to have a time widget. And then I actually connect it. You can connect it to your um, Google Calendar. And then I'll say, I said, okay, I want to show my Google Calendar widget on there. Um, and the neat thing is the way you get it on the Pi is they actually, you can download from them um, a custom image for a Raspberry Pi that you pre-configure to show your dashboard. So all the, all the display is a web page basically that you know that updates every couple minutes or something like that. Um, and all the images that they give you for the Raspberry Pi is when when the Pi boots up, it just loads that dashboard automatically. And that's it. So it it's kind of cool because it's you don't have to worry about you know, installing something from the command line and configuring you know, a very complicated thing. You just basically configure this image and plop it in your pie and it boots up and shows that. But, so you're saying the image, but the, you, if I understand it, you're saying what the pie is accessing is a web page. The web yeah, page sorry. Has an image on it? Yeah, so the, sorry, by image, I mean like um, an operating system image. No, I don't know what so, that means. Okay, so 
Um, sorry, I'm an IT guy, so I, I tend to go into the high stuff. So basically, an, an image is like, you know, it's just a version of the of an operating system, basically. So um, it makes a, a very specific version of, of the Linux operating system that all it does is when it makes it so when your computer, in this case, the Raspberry Pi, turns on, it shows that web page with your display board and nothing else. And okay. if there's a power outage, it'll reboot to that or whatnot. Okay, so yeah, so you have a you have a the so where does the where does the dark board reside? Is that is that so you have Raspberry Pi again, and the Raspberry Pi when it boots up, it goes to the web page, and the web page is actually the dark board is served by the dark board. board. Yeah. So you, I think you go and when you're configuring it, you put in, you know, your Wi-Fi information, et cetera. So it's going to open it up. It'll connect to your Wi-Fi and, and it basically just opens up a web browser and launches the page, except you don't see any of the, the web browser controls or anything. It's just in okay. full screen. Yeah. Um, all right. And, and so the idea though, is that you can take Barbara and you can kind of, do whatever design you want for that one page and yeah. import or link to have whatever linking you want to whatever widgets you want. And the idea is that you can have a standalone device that will display in real time, whatever kind of widgets you care, whether it could be like a phone yeah. widgets where it's stocks or it's weather or it's location yeah. or it's news. Yeah. And we do it for the what. I did was put it in our kitchen because um, you know it's like a family gathering area. So I actually have it configured to show one specific calendar that's shared with the whole family. So we just put kind of family events up there. So you know if it's my daughter's gymnastics class, yeah. it's like, well, you know we can just be like, oh, we're going to gymnastics classes tonight, and oh, it's recycling takeout day tomorrow. So it's just they have that any point that family calendar that that you know. Yeah, we've all got it on the phones, but there's something about it just being there and just the weather and stuff that's super handy. And is it, what are the costs of DACBoard? So I'm using it on the free tier. Uh, and I think they have plans where if you pay $5 a month or more, you add more widgets, or there's a few different features you can add. But the, the free version, I think, gets... That had everything I needed, which was sort of the time, the calendar, and the weather. Okay. Um, and what you made kind of resembles to me in some ways what those digital frames look like. Um, it has a frame around a, a screen. Um, the digital frames, the idea is that you would just show photos primarily. But I was wondering if anybody's done a hack on the digital frames to actually turn it into you have a point to a web page rather than the stream yeah. of photos. Yeah, probably possible. I think if you could if you could crack one of those open and probably solder on to wherever the display connector is and right. a computer or something in there. Because, because they are very they're just a thinner version of what you've made. Um and yeah. they have they have they're already online. They already have Wi Fi. They already got um you know, everything else. So, um, yeah, so DAC board. Okay, that's really great. Um, so, so um, Tom, are, are, are there anything, a project you're working on? Um, 
some passion that you have and you want to share um, a mission, a little bit about yourself, what would you like to share with our audience? Um, yeah, I, mean, I guess from the the example of what I showed, the little display board is a lot of what things like that tend to be a lot of my hobbies is tinkering around with things that I can both make, but also uh, program use computers for. So I, I tend to do a lot of stuff like that. I think in the past also used a Raspberry Pi to make a, a retro arcade yeah. machine. Um, it's fairly popular. One of the things I'm working on now, um, my next little project I think I'm going to try to set up is um, I'm going to get a, a TV antenna and I'm in my shed right now. So I had a, um, that was actually another little project running, running internet trickle out to my shed where I work now. But um, the nice thing about that is that's opened up now. I'm going to try to have a project where I'm placing my cable TV with over the air TV. Um, and of course, involving computers. So I think the what I'm going to try to do is get um, an, an HD antenna installed in the shed, hook that up to a little computer that actually does all the tuning um, and would also do a PDR for you. And then that, because it's on my network, means we can use an app to watch over the air TV, say on our phones or on our Apple mm. TV that we have, and also do the PDR. So that's going to be my fun little project is putting the antenna in the gear for that. So, so the idea is that you want to stream over the air TV. Yeah, pretty much, but just within the house. Right. Yeah. I guess I never thought about whether you could, that's true. We don't have TV at all, so I haven't really thought about that, but I guess you can't really get the air networks, ABC, NBC, unless you have cable. Is that right? Unless, so you either, yeah, you either have to have cable or, you know, you can hook an antenna straight up to your TV and. Um, well, we don't have, yeah, but if you don't have a TV, there's no way to yeah. get it. It's true. Yeah. So the only way to get it would be to get to one of these little um, tuner boxes that's on a network and then you can watch over the air on your, your phone or your tablet or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. I actually never really thought about that. Um, and why do you want over the air TV? So mainly I think we're just trying to, there's, we still pay for cable TV, but probably like most people, I think 95% of what we watch is through a streaming service these days. Um, but there's, there's literally, I think, three use cases. One is Jeopardy, which doesn't air on any streaming services. Uh-huh. Okay. Jeopardy nerds. Two is Saturday Night Live, big uh, comedy nerds, and always like to watch it all. And you know, if there's an election, just you know, being able to turn on the news. Um, those are the only reasons we have cable TV, and I, I think if we can solve that with this system, like all of those things are all are available for free over the year. So we can build this that we can save, I don't know, like 80 bucks a month on cable TV. Yeah. Um, that seems like a, a very clever thing, which I've never thought about. And maybe if you get your solution working, you should post it somewhere because um, that could be things that other people do. We don't have TV or cable TV, but it would be nice if we could, have a free version of the over-the-air access on our streaming box. That would be pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's really neat. There's actually a really good app too called Channels that I want to use, and it gives you a very you know they have an Apple TV app, and it gives you a really nice interface with a little guide, and you can you can go to the different channels, and it'll audio for you. The other fun thing with that Channels app that this is sort of corollary to that, but purely fun and really for no reason, it lets you make your own channels by pointing it at a folder of video files. So, yeah, so I'm a big uh, Star Trek geek. Uh. So I sort of have this idea that I want to make a channel called the Random Star Trek channel. And so the idea is that would just be a channel among all the other ones, but it would just be loaded and play a random Star Trek episode in a folder <laughs> video files. Okay, cool. Well, Tom, thanks again for volunteering. I appreciate your 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 um, four picks, things that we didn't normally get um, and haven't gotten before. Um, I love that um, inflator. I think there's something could be done with that to replace a whole bunch of things. So thank you for, for that. And um, we really appreciate all the other um, bits and tools you suggested as well. For sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot for, for having me, Kevin. I'm a big fan of the site too. Cool tools, longtime reader. So it's a big threat for me being here. Great. Thank you. This year, our cool tools blog will be 20 years old, which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year, and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools that you'd like to share with us, um, Please sign up on our form on the website, and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking on, talking on a video, and um, you need to have some tools that you can show. Um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested, and um, list your full four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way. Um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the US, although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a long-time listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy, from something in the kitchen to something you use to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you thank you